All right, welcome back to the Everything Property Podcast. I have with me top-performing real estate agent, Zach Rabin. He's been on before to talk to us about high-performing real estate agents. We've got him back on. He's talking about getting the best price for your listing. So if you're thinking of selling, if you're thinking of buying, this is going to be a value-packed episode where we walk through some step-by-step guides to get the ins and outs and the thoughts of a real estate agent on the ground. Run me through, Zach, first and foremost, step-by-step. I'm thinking about selling. When do I reach out? When do I contact an agent? You know, uh, listing presentations. How does that all work? So as soon as you've made the decision that you want to sell, it's good to get a couple of agents in just to make sure that you've got good synergy. It's really good. It's really important that you know you're trusting them with arguably your number one asset. So want to make sure the synergy chemistry is there. Once you have you know complete trust in that process that they you know that they pitch and the and the agent in general, then you know you look to market the property. Um, preparation is extremely important when it comes to maximizing on your return and maximizing on the on the property's value, whether it be styling, painting, preparation with handymen, very, very crucial when it comes to, you know, the property because you only get, buyers only get one- Walk through, one look at it. Yeah, one first impression of the property and it's a really emotional process for the buyers. So you want to make sure that that first impression is just flawless. I like to put myself in a buyer's shoe, walk through the property before we put it on the market and pick out all the negatives, turn the negatives into a positive. Once it's all positive, then you know you look to launch the property. So technically, there's a bit of work that goes on beforehand. So there's listing, there's a few, a couple of weeks listing presentations with a few agents. Once I'm comfortable in with one, I sign up an agreement. Um, I'm assuming my two costs, uh, I haven't sold a house, so correct me if I'm wrong, is going to be the agent's commission um, and then the marketing costs, or is that included? Yeah, so the agents, we only get paid upon success. So we don't actually get paid if the property doesn't sell. So the upfront costs will be preparation of a contract, which you legally need to have in place before showing the property. Um, and then the marketing, which, you know, always needs to be in our team paid upfront. So that will be, you know, between 7000 to around fifteen grand. Okay, and that's all your paid ads, online portals, that kind of thing? Correct. Main extra, uh, expense at the moment is real estate and domain. You know, you put a signboard up if necessary. You get a property video if necessary. Photos are crucial, floor plan, copy, social media. Depends what you know, type of property when you, you're When are you on. sending that property out? Are you sending that out to your database before you do all that in case it's an off-market? Or how, do, how, how would an off-market slot into that example? So the way that I like to run my process, especially in a changing market where it's difficult to understand what a property is actually worth, it's a two-stage process. Stage number one is off-market or pre-market. So you you don't have any photos, you're going through the preparation stage, you just want to get feedback on the property itself and pricing. So you get buyers, let's just say it's a four bedroom house, you get buyers looking for a four bedroom house up to $5 million. They've been through properties that are comparable previously, get them through, tell them about this upcoming opportunity, hear their feedback, understand what they think the property's worth, all the positives, all the negatives, sit the vendor down after one or two weeks you know, and run them through all the feedback. And then based on that, you know, you can put a suitable pricing price guide in place. In addition, if there needs to be any more property preparation before going online, then it's a good, um, good way to go through that. When you're doing a listing presentation though, aren't you telling, if I'm selling the house and you're, you're like, Dave, trust me, I can get 10 million for this any day easy. Are you putting a price on it at the listing presentation? And then how are you guaranteeing that when you go out to that pe- those people that they're going to come back and say it's worth 10 million and not eight how does that 
difference? I, per- I personally never put a price on it. In I, your um, listing presentation? I, I, okay. I put a price. The pricing that I put is what they will, will achieve. Mm-hmm. I'll never tell a vendor what they can achieve. Um, I'm more thinking long-term game, and I know historically agents will always go in at quite a high figure. I miss out on a shitload of properties because, you know, I'll tell a vendor it's worth four when other agents will say it's worth six. It ends up selling for four or 4.1, 4.2, you know, and they've burnt a, they've burnt a relationship. They're not going to get repeat business off that. Very often I'm picking up listings the second time round because I'm very honest in my approach in the initial meeting, tell them what they will achieve, um, and then they respect that. And then, you know, when they fail on the first time, three months later to the day they call me back in. Yeah, okay. So you might not get the first listing, but when you, you just sit back, watch that unfold, and then they come back to you. Yeah, look, it's, it's a big call for vendors. So you want to make sure, like, you don't want to – you don't want to be – messing with you know their number one asset so it's really important just to be open honest um you know in the initial meeting and i always say this is what you 100 percent will achieve based on x y and z but if we get competitive tension you know i've got no doubt we'll be able to get that five ten percent above it's just about how you want to proceed with it super challenging though because if i'm sitting in like my house and one agent's telling me i can get six mil one agent's telling me i get four mil very hard to people to actually see through the bullshit and pick the agent that's actually knows what he's talking about right there's a fine line uh, from being ethical and unethical and you know Mm. we're just trying to do things the right way and you know it's probably cost me a few dollars in my career but you know long term I'd say 99% of the vendors that I've used would happily, you know, refer me onto more business and I get a lot a lot of new business off the back of, you know, successful campaigns where I've got above the figure that I initially quoted as opposed to, you know, majority of my competition who will get still a good price but yep. below the figure they quoted. Yeah, okay. How often would you say that it does it ever happen that that, that figure you quote in the initial listing you you achieve less than that? Very, very, very rarely. Okay. Um I'd say probably never. Okay. I go I go very conservative, you know, to the point that vendors are very shocked and you can see the surprise and the disappointment in their face. But I just say, look, would you like me to tell you what, you what you'd like to hear or what you need to hear? And, you know, I'm sure they respect it longer term. A lot of the time, you know, it takes a few weeks for them to understand that, but it is what it is. Upfront and honest. I, yeah. think, I think I can appreciate that. Now, what portion would you say of property that you're selling at the moment um, – after you you sign them up, are you doing work on in terms of painting, maintenance, that kind of thing? Is that a small portion or is that like almost every property we're doing licks of paint, we're doing lawns and that kind of stuff? What's sort of like the breakdown of like what could people expect? Is the agent always going to walk through and say, yeah, we'll repaint the thing and we'll we'll do the gardens or? I love to achieve good prices. I really like to achieve standout results so the market notices us. So, you know, if I believe a vendor needs to invest $5,000, $10,000 into a property, you know, in order to get an extra 50000 even though it might slow the process down two weeks, we'll always push for that. You know, it's all about getting the best outcome for the vendor and putting the most amount in their back pocket at the end of the day. So I'll give you a good example. I um, sold a property in Rose Bay. The vendors were wanting around 6.5. There was interest pre-market at around 6.2, 6.3. And they were actually considering the 6.3, thinking the market was going to go down um, to the point that they said, do you think we should take this offer? I truly believed in the property and I thought there was a good opportunity there. So I got Hannah in. Um, she organized probably about sixty dollars to $80,000 worth of work to the property, which wow. is big, big money. Just cosmetic or is that is that anything? Full paint job, okay. partial styling, landscaping, 
got the pool cleaned and fixed up. It was a big, big job. How long does that take? I'd say that probably took three, four weeks. Like that was a really, really big job, but I gen- I pushed it and the vendors got quite upset at me because they, they just wanted to move on with the property. And I explained to them, you know, this is a special property. If you invest a small amount, you know, small about considering what we're looking to achieve in the scheme of things. Yeah. You know, I feel like we could get a really good outcome out of it. Anyway, we uh, had a bit of an argument over that. Um, I ended up winning the argument. Four weeks later, we sold the property for 7.5. So 7.5. And they originally had hopes of 6.2. They had hopes of 6.5, 6.3. They were strongly considering prior. The street record before that was 4.3, I believe at the time. So that was, you know, we made some, uh, you know, some waves there. That was good. Raised a couple of eyebrows. 100%. And then you go to, then you can just, you know, share that with the, the neighbours and the rest of the community. But, and it. but it's a no-brainer off the back of that, you know, because we smashed the the the, sa- the record sale in the street. You know, we listed the neighbour's property as well. Um, and five weeks later sold that for $6 million. And it's just, a, it's just like a domino effect. So, you know, you can go for the quick sale or you can think bigger picture, slow everything down, provide the service that we're meant to be offering as professionals mm. as opposed to just the quick fix and, you know, longer term. I think there was that viral clip a few years ago of Gav where he had the underbidder and he took him to a house and he took the underbidder to that house and it was like like 20, 30 mil of like real estate exchange in a day. So it's like exactly Absolutely. That. From one good experience, you know, it can lead to multiple deals. So you just have to think bigger. bigger and that's, picture. that's all who they'll trust, right? If the, you've done the job on that, then why would you go with anyone else? All about track record and reputation. So, you know, a lot of the time I put references down when I'm pitching against bigger agents or agents who have sold more, I will put my references down. I'll say, why don't you speak to vendor X, ask mm-hmm. them about their experience. You know, it's easy for me to pitch on this property but, you know, are these agents walking the walk? Let's see what they do. Okay. All right. You touched on it just quickly before, but furniture, staging and styling. I What would it cost if you're thinking you're doing it? I, I guarantee you're probably going to tell, tell me it's a good idea and it's worth the investment. But what's it, what does it cost these days to stage, say, a three or four bedroom house? Three or four bedroom house. I'd say mm. you're probably in for, we like to use the best stylus, the nicest furniture, you know, in the area that we specialize in, people appreciate the fine, the fine stuff. So you have to always look for high quality. I think you'd be in for minimum eight to 10 K. Yeah. Okay. And that's for the, the life of the, the life of the listing. And I think it's normally six weeks yep. minimum. Um, and then as you go over that, you pay per fortnight. I'm looking over to Hannah because this yeah, is Yeah, I should have interviewed Hannah. Yeah, huh? this is what she specializes in. the strings. In. She's, she's, the, yeah, she's yeah, the puppet master. She's the queen of pr- uh, property prepping. So she she worries about that. I just come in, list the property, and the next time I see it is, you know, during the first inspection. So, But big, big, um, big difference between staged and unstaged properties and selling the, the people the dream, do you think? Massive. You have to have you know, well-proportioned furniture. You know, if you've got a massive living room and you've got a tiny two-bedroom, a tiny, sorry, two-seater couch, it just doesn't look right. You have to have the right furniture, you know, to fit the space, the right colour, coordinations, mixed with the artwork, mixed with the pillows, with the throw. It just all needs to flow. Okay. And all right, so... The way we break it down, get in the agent early. They'll tell you what you need. Potentially, we need to do a little bit of work at front, maybe eight, maybe 10K, some coats of paint, a little bit of landscaping, something cosmetic, 
you've given a great example of something that the vendors had expectations of 6.5. You ended up selling it for well over seven um, for an investment of 80K. Styling as well to uh, sell the dream, especially if the furniture that's in there or isn't in there um, is different to the space. I know that especially when you walk through somewhere that's completely vacant, even even bedrooms look absolutely tiny and you're like, oh my God, how am I going to fit anything in there? And then once you get a bed in, then once you get two side tables in, then you're kind of like, oh wow, no, this is actually properly proportioned. What, do you, what are your thoughts, feelings and emotions? How do you, how do you um, guide people on auction versus uh, private sale? Auction versus private sale. Mm. Is it, I know there's agents that go, everything goes straight to auction um, or, you know, is it going to be an expressions of interest campaign or what's the, is there a rule of thumb? Are we taking everything to auction these days or? Are you talking about selling before auction or selling off market? Selling via auction. So if I, should I either, if I want to sell my house, should I sell it via auction or should I sell it via like an online campaign, like three, four week campaign? Look, you want to get full exposure. I mean, you're going to be selling it off market. You'll be dealing with one, two, three, maybe 10 buyers. Whereas imagine if you put the property on the market, get full exposure, send it out to real estate domain Mm -hmm. on social media, you're going to still get those 10 buyers in the room in addition to another 10 buyers. So why not create that excitement around the property? You know, the more competition, the more demand you have for the property, naturally, you know, you're going to get a better result. So you think auction format? 100%. Nothing. Okay. Run, run, run the process. I mean, not necessarily take it to auction, but have an auction date booked in. Yeah. You know, if one buyer comes in head and shoulders above where everyone else is, they're five, ten percent above where the market's seeing value. Have a conversation with the vendor and say, I think this is a good opportunity. Whereas if you know we have multiple buyers at a similar price point, take it to the floor. Okay. So you're essentially you're talking to all the potential buyers and you're like, look, these guys are in the same ballpark. Let them fight out on the auction field. It's only if pre-auction is kind of like someone comes in and is like, I need to own this house. I'm willing to make sure it's not taken to auction. It's going to be a little bit over, bit overs, you think? Yeah, look, buyers are liars. You, you, you don't really <laughs> listen to what they say because they're obviously not going to tell you their full budget. But my job in that four-week campaign is to – Build relationships, you know, build relationships with the vendors, but more importantly, build relationships with the buyers because you want them to open up and understand, you know, their journey, their motivation. So when it comes time to ask for that extra 100K to get the deal done or ask for, you know, for them to put their hand up at auction, you've got that rapport with them. You're not just another real estate agent. You know, you've you've built that, that relationship up with them. So it's really crucial just to kind of dig deeper and understand the reason for them wanting to upsize and purchase the property. For offers um, that don't get it, like say if something's just a, a normal sale, it's not at auction, what's your response to, I don't know, it's a common technique, oh, Look, Zach, I, I can give you 5.2. It's valid for 24 hours. I've got an offer on another place down the road. What's your uh, What's your approach to someone that comes to you with an offer like that? I guess it's trying to put the time, trying to put, you know, squeeze a little bit, you know. Look, you have to understand, like, emotional intelligence and you've got you to understand their character just in general. So you can kind of tell when people are just putting it on you and they're getting another agent to assist them in negotiations behind closed doors. So I guess every situation is different and depending on your own situation with your own vendor, you know, you just, you just have to manoeuvre it according to, you know, the current position of, you know, the whole process. And with with um, the way the market is, how do you sort of see the eastern suburbs market at the moment, especially with interest rates and all that kind of stuff? It's fucking strong. 
Yeah, it's unbelievable. I, I don't know what clip people that are, clip that. That's a sure, that's a sure clip for socials. There, there is no, there's no stock on the market at the moment. Anything that's getting put out there, we're getting multiple buyers, and you have to price it correctly. But we're getting multiple buyers. The demand is so high, supply is very low. You know, I'm having multiple conversations with so many vendors who are concerned and they're thinking about selling in the next three months, six months, nine months, but they want to wait to see what's happening with the market. Go now. Like, there's never a good or a bad time to sell but what i look for is you know when is there minimal competition on the market and at the moment there's just minimal so there's many buyers out there perfect yeah look i, th- I think that's uh you've touched on a good the good point i think there's definitely in undersupply. there's more demand and i mean what what is seeming to shape up at the end of this year into next you you throw in migration as well with all the people that are going to be coming in and renting it in and around the eastern suburbs definitely going to make for an interesting market and probably keep you busy do you have for me a a golden nugget or a, a, a final piece of information this episode we try to talk about you know how to get the best price for your listing so a couple of little renovation ad hoc costs up front Definitely do it because we know in the long run, as you've used in your examples, you're going to get the money for it. Auction, because we like that excitement because the buyers are going to come already. Some property staging as well to sell the dream in the space to get the nice expensive furniture in there. But is there anything else you can add on top of that? Some some um, icing on the cake for, for those listening? I think you just have to spend money to make money. I mean, people try to take shortcuts, but I mean, this is your number one asset or thereabouts. So you don't want to take shortcuts with that. Pick an agent if you're a vendor that you trust. Don't challenge them. Have a conversation with them. They're professionals. Take their advice and just roll with it. I mean, we obviously want to get you the best possible price. What's good for you is good for us. You know, no one wants to sell a property cheap. So I think just um, just having trust in the process, trust in the agent and just picking someone for the right reasons. And, you know, I'm sure everything will work out. Perfect. I think we'll end on that note. You've got to spend money to make money. Zach Rabin, thanks very much for coming out. I know you're a very busy guy taking time out of your, out of your schedule and you're, you're filming for the next Lux listings, no doubt, and um, all the media attention and the fans that are, that are flocking. We're in a podcast studio now when we've got 10 to 15 girls outside uh, with, with cameras and phones ready for autographs and, and pics. So appreciate you coming out, mate, and uh, making a making a appearance on the Everything Property Podcast. That's a good close. I love that. Thanks for that. Thanks for your time. Uh, mate, too easy.